0: Trigger warning. The issues we are discussing today regarding body image can evoke strong emotional and psychological responses. They land differently with each individual and it is always important that we check in with ourselves before we receive information as to whether we are mentally in a place to manage the processing of that information. It is an act of self-compassion to know when not to listen to something. Please take a moment to do this check-in now to decide what is right for you. And if listening to the show today brings up any issues for you, help is always available at Lifeline on one three one 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 four, or through the Butterfly Foundation who specialise in support for eating disorders and body image issues on 1800 33 Body image in relationships, part two. Today we're digging into the hard stuff, body image. It affects a lot of us. In fact, one in two Aussies rarely or never speak positively about their bodies. And it affects us in more ways than you might realise. It can especially affect our relationships, the way we feel about ourselves, the way we feel about our partners, the way we connect with our partners and the way we are intimate together. Our Australian of the Year for 2023, Taryn Brumfit, was chosen as a leader in the body image movement. The time has clearly come culturally for us to open up and discuss the real impact of negative body image and how we can find a more positive path forward. research shows it's harder for men to uh talk about their emotions and what's happening for them this isn't necessarily hasn't got a big spotlight on it so i'd be really grateful if you could share some of some insight into the the male uh experience of body image personally and more generally
1: so i'll I'll talk about myself but i'll just um preface it with a bit of a you know the funny thing about male body image is it doesn't seem to impact as many men as women but it is impacting a lot more than we probably think. And I think part of the issues, which is a it's a bit of a weird one, is that one of the reasons men don't talk about body image is because for them it seemed like a female problem. And so as a result, by admitting you have a body issue, you're admitting you're less masculine, which in turn makes you feel less masculine, which in turn makes you judge your body more. Um, so that was something I read and it just pinged with me that makes 100% sense I think what the body image for males looked like back in the 80s and I'll, I'll go I'll sort of look more Australia you know maybe with uh, some of the cricketers and footy players they weren't massive and ripped um, they were more larrikin mm. they're a bit bronzed <laughs> good moustache um, but they, they were sinking titties at halftime or at lunch at the cricket you know and these days it's very oh my different God,
0: I heard titties not tinnies tinnies <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to go back and listen to that <laughs> Uh, Fraudian slip <laughs> and then um, I think you know if you look today what social media which has definitely impacted women but it's also really brought to the front uh, what's impacting young adolescent men who are looking for, for something because men feel very much the same same way and I think back in the day it seemed to be male pattern baldness was one of the only things or penis size used to be the only thing that was really in, uh, an issue between men maybe height um, and this has become more of a problem now through uh, Tinder and other dating apps as how, well.
0: How does that play out? What, sorry? What, because people have to write down their height? Or what is yeah, it, how does yeah, that show up? We we never, s- we've, s- never select, we've never done uh, Tinder. They, they,
1: oh, no, we did. We, we, missed, we missed the, the Tinder, the Tinder, Tinder phase. Age, thank God. They. So what happens is because they actually had a, a, a bit of a, you know, a Tinder had a graph of the the heights men would put down and there seemed to be a dip at like 6'10", 6, 6'11", 6, down and then a spike at um, six foot when there should be more of a even curved distribution because people who were 5', 9', 10', 11 men mm-hmm. would put in six foot, right? Because uh-huh. a women women on a lot of their, pro, uh, their profiles uh, for who they'd want to look for I don't know if Tinder works like this, but I think some of the other ones, you know, you can actually put in, no, I I want no one under six foot.
0: Oh, you can specify a height minimum.
1: Yeah, and of course, um, one of the main things for women uh, on Tinder is they must be six foot. What? Yeah, and then of course now there's some of these things about uh, six foot, six figures in terms of salary and six inches in terms of your willy. Yeah. Jesus and jesus girl yeah and, and that there's only a small percentage of the population that actually applies to so um there, there are there is some there is some sort of
0: I'm confused though like what are you hoping to get out of a partner if you're telling them they have to meet a really superficial criteria for you to like them they're going to give that straight back to you
1: oh 100% and maybe look it may be, or maybe if you're more just into hookups that's all right but if you're looking for a relationship whether how much they make uh, th- their height and the size of their their dong I'm I'm, sorry, I'm, do- I'm always doing this on purpose using different <laughs> um, different things for for penises uh, is that they none of these have any any correlation to a successful and happy relationship and so you're, you're, you're choosing for the wrong factors.
0: You're also, <laughs> like, you're sending all the wrong signals out, right? Like, yeah. these are the things that are important to me. Yeah. It's, that's just crazy. So, so
1: young men these days, it's more about muscle dys- dysmorphia. And that's a lot to do with, you know, before – we'll talk about the media in a bit. But before, you know, you might have Arnie Schwarzenegger, Stallone up there. They were, the, they were just massive. Or you'd have elite athletes, Right.
0: Oh, I always um, felt like they would crush you.
1: Yeah, but they 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 you know they're supposed to be uh, you know the top the elite. So it, it seemed it used to seem out of reach. You know um you know Hemsworth Chris Hemsworth plays a superhero so do, and, and and the rock you know but that, I mean it, even to get that big they are on steroids. But the fact is that just on social media these days and you know most movie characters they do have the young men do have six packs and they are Bulked and built mm. And a y- lot of young men are suffering Wanting to be skinny and muscly So uh, look, that that's just something that's impacting society a bit more today, and I think it was important to talk about it from the man's point of view. Um, although, of course, I don't want to just because I talk about it from a man's point of view doesn't mean at any at any stage I'm trying to lessen the fact that how much this impacts women, how long women have been dealing with this. Mm. Um, I think men have, as I said, male pattern baldness, baldness, and maybe height has al- has always been something that society's you know has probably impacted men. But if you actually uh, look back, women have been copying this for probably thousands and thousands of years. 100%.
0: So. I'll talk about some of that now because you've just sort of segued nicely into it. Uh, and then maybe th- – or do you want to talk about your own experience first or do you want me to – can I jump in on that? No, jump in. Okay. Go for it. That's what we do. Just just because I think you, you've you've sort of thrown over to the female side. You're right. We, we each have our own experiences in terms of the gender um, and it's really important – to understand both sides because as this is an emerging issue in, in males as well again that opportunity in relationships to build connection and build trust and safety and the couple bubble and all those things through uh positive body image and and supportive behaviors is, is more and more relevant on both sides right not just for the female but for the male as well and also I find that really interesting like some of the stuff you're talking about I don't understand that side of things so that's a really interesting thing to sort of get your head around that some of these issues like the muscle dysmorphia that you spoke about I had not heard of that when you say it it makes a lot of sense because I do see on social media you know that this is the sort of thing people are posting and you're right people like the Hemsworth brothers who are very muscular and And build to be muscular for certain roles and things like that.
1: If you look at Chris Hemsworth just in his day-to-day life versus when he's Thor, it's completely different. But then, of course, on social media, you're seeing people every day, people posting every day. And so you get this idea of that is what it's like to be masculine. And, of course, as a teenager, you don't really have much control over your body. You can go to the gym a lot and maybe control it that way but you've generally got other stuff going on in your life as well and just like you talked about when you were young and it was really about what boys thought of you or what mm. you thought boys thought of you guys are exactly the same thing you can get so so much of guys self-worth is taken up with whether i have a girlfriend or whether mm. girls like me and that we can see with some dark places on the internet with that how um you know some men like andrew tate and stuff are becoming so popular who's Um, he sorry so he's a ex uh, kickboxer who really i think he's in jail at the moment but uh he went big online uh really talking about sort of being sexist and women are nothing
0: oh he promotes that behavior and, uh,
1: and millions of young men were um uh you know signing up to his account subscribing following him because that they're they see this guy who drives a Lamborghini, has big muscles, Ugh. has tats. <laughs> yeah, oh no, you know, and with with you know, with the um with the hindsight and maturity of forty years, I sit there and go, Oh, gross, right? But as a young male, I could so see how you could want to be that. Lamborghinis, money, good rig, chicks. Like sign me up. This
0: is such a good – because we were about to jump into the the, the sort of the female experience um, more broadly and this is such a good segue into that because that actually, as you talk about that man, it made me feel sick in my tummy. And whenever I get that sick feeling, I know there's like gut stuff going on, like real deep historical stuff. And historically women have been so horrendously objectified forever we have always been oppressed by males. And I know that I'm going to get some interesting comments on this from people thinking I'm a, a, a ranting feminist, but this is just fact. I mean, we we know that sexism has yeah, existed. Cut, cut,
1: like in all honesty, guys, put, pull off the blindfold. Women have copped it pretty hard.
0: Thank you. <laughs> we have copped it really, really hard. And that's why when you talk about people like that who display all of those characteristics of that oppressive historical behaviour it it is in my like you know when they say to children and they teach protective behaviours they say if it feels wrong in the gut you know something's wrong it feels wrong in my gut when you describe that man it feels like I feel sick inside myself because I know what those sort of people are like and it's something that women have been dealing with for such a long time it's it's like ingrained in our cells when a man is sexist obsessive with Uh, looks oppressive towards a woman controlling all of those things it makes me feel really sick and from a body image perspective that's that's a hundred percent what we have historically experienced which is this just this gross objectification and it's one of the reasons we have such an issue with body image and the um, prevalence is so much higher for women because historically men have been given this right to comment on a woman's body to objectify her and it it just absolutely sickens me when I think about it it's so recent even when I worked in in the mid-2000s and I started working in an office job I had meant comment on seeing my g-string through my work pants laughing behind me senior executives saying these things it's just rank when I think about it and I look back on it. But that's one of the reasons women are always thinking about not just do I look fat or do I look skinny, but am I hiding enough of myself so that people won't think I'm incapable?
1: I don't know how you do it. Like, Do I hide myself or do I put myself out there? Oh, because you never know. As, as much as <laughs> I don't want to be judged, I know I am being judged. And so I need to I need to play the game because I can't really change the game.
0: I was terrified when I started work that what I wore would tell people whether I was worthy of having a serious conversation with or not because that's how objectified women are. I mean, where I worked when I started, women weren't allowed to wear singlets with spaghetti straps. Now, that's very specific Why were women not allowed to wear singlets with spaghetti straps was because it was too revealing. God forbid we revealed something and the man couldn't control himself and looked at it. It just, the whole, the whole, anyway, I I mean, I'm getting into this. So if
1: you know society's judging you and individual men are judging you based on your looks, how could that not seep in to how you actually see yourself and how you value yourself?
0: A hundred percent. And then on top of that... Like, I'm not saying, you know, historically, the role of uh, the societal norms around how men have been allowed to judge women, comment on women, all of the, obviously, the sexual abuse and all of that stuff that women endured at far, far higher rates than men, you know, all points to how damaging this was and why it's left women, exactly like you said, with uh, more concerns around their body image and then that's been exacerbated in uh, across recent history and, and, you know, I'm talking even into f- further history but it's exacerbated also by the fact that the media figured out it could make a lot of money off trading on those concerns and so it would put women out there who looked a certain way, the way that men wanted them to look, I'm just sp- speaking in general norms here, and then all of the rest of us would look at these images and buy things that the media would sell to us to try and look like that.
1: Yeah, when we say media, we're generally, I guess, it's about sort of what we back in the day what we used to see in TV and magazines and and movies and what you see in um on on online now. But it's, yeah, it's also like advertising advertising companies right Ad- yeah, no
0: it's all advertising advertise, when you Absolutely. advertise
1: you're not selling something for what it does you're selling something for how it makes you feel or how it makes you look to 100%. other people yeah um and and that that's like what but I, that's, that's how marketing it makes it feel to you right? right
0: like how you look to someone else is yep. building your sense of like how y- you feel about it and
1: that that's how you can see how women have the Im- how their own body g- body image has been impacted over the years because you can see how the media, advertising agents, and, and the media have portrayed that, and um, over the years because it's changed. Right? You know your CJ off Baywatch, or your, um, you know Christina Aguilera, or your Victoria's Secret models, um, or your the Kardashians, and you can see how things have changed over time. And you, you see mean body
0: shapes have changed?
1: Oh, not, no, not, no, that, not the
0: idea that if you promote a certain shape and look, that women will aspire to it because. Historical What's sexism right and the and right. the cultural norms have caused women to be to attach worth to yeah. image yeah yeah.
1: So so what what is seen as the perfect or the popular body image has changed over the years, but not the the core of it, which is saying that women believe. Oh, oh, this is so dangerous for me. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Step like, on the coals, Roger. Yeah, yeah, No, and please correct me. Like, in all oh, so don't please worry, correct me. But, but, <laughs> but you know, if if women have a lot of self worth tied up in how they are perceived by other people, men and women, then they're going to gravitate mm. towards what's hot, what's on trend, what's the what's the norm.
0: Spend the money on
1: it. Spend the money. Advertisers. Follow men. the dollars. Mm.
0: You no. Know. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I've I got that bang on, did I?
0: <laughs> Absolutely. It's it's a massive issue, and it's one of the reasons you know we're just unpacking a little bit more of of the female side of things, and you know how that shows up in a relationship. Just just moving on to that a little bit. So we've had all these cultural expectations, these societal norms, this historical sexism, these advertising. Uh, oh what do you call them, these soulless advertisers, <laughs> feeding into this issue for so long for women. I mean, I think back to like, just again, I'm going to jump to the side on this, but I think back to the, you know, the 1950s Good Housewife <laughs> magazines that you could buy and things like that. It's, it's it's been there for a very, very long time, these these issues. So talking about how this shows up in, in a relationship, you know, it's that stuff we talked about at the start. It's not just about the self-judgment, so it shows up with women who have self-judgment issues and, and what we call body image issues, they become an issue between the partnership one of the stats I've got is that one in two people this is a body image stat for Australia one in two people don't do things they enjoy because of how they feel about their appearance now if if you are not feeling good about your appearance and we know that that's far more pervasive in the female population and you're not engaging in the relationship as a result that's going to impact the ability for you and your partner to bond and connect if you're not showing up to events or not wanting to go to, uh, uh, I don't know, something that's going to require you to wear tight clothing because you're worried about how you're going to look or whatever it is, right, that is going to impact your relationship. Another part of this is – so that's the you know, the, the self-judgment and I'm saying all this as if – I'm saying this, sorry, I, I want to put a, put a wrapper around this of compassion – of deep, deep empathy for women and men suffering with this self-judgment because not only do they impact the relationship when you're suffering like this, which I've experienced myself, it, 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 and not only does that cause a disconnectedness, you then shame spiral because you know you're impacting the relationship. So then you add a layer, like we all do, of judgment because you feel that like you're failing in that. It's a really, really hard space.
1: I know that, um, you know... I know that 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 sort of. A, I want to talk about that one and two people don't do things they enjoy mm. because of how they feel about the parents. Because that's something that's impacted me in the past. So you know, I, I talking about this, I said to you, I go, I really wanted to make sure we went through your perspective, and the female perspective first, because I feel there's more of an impact out there. But also recognizing this is a growing issue of men and it is impacting young men and st- and old men. Um, and, you know, middle-aged men, perhaps like myself. Am I pre-middle-aged? Maybe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> comment. I, you know, I, I've never had a, I've never had a great rig, uh, even through as a teen. I've always still, you know, been able to run and swim and do all my physical activities. But definitely as I got older, my body changed. And because generally pretty much since the s- second or third year of, my, of work, so for a, a, then a decade after that, I was travelling for work. And you can almost correlate directly from the months I spent over at East living out of hotels uh, the weight I put on generally like three four kilograms at a time mm. and up until perhaps the last few years where I was overweight and it impacted uh, how it's something that weight has ne- weight and body image has never super impacted me as in it doesn't affect my day to day. But every now and then it does. And I felt that definitely a few, a couple of years ago when, you know, I wasn't, you know, you and I were running our own business. We were very happy. We've got some struggles with, you know, the challenges our daughter has. And so there was a lot of stress there. But definitely going out, you know, my friends are generally a big release for me. Um, you know, I love spending time with my mates. We've got real, it's great because they are a no-judgment group of guys, but I would not want to go out to some parties or go out to them or maybe not go to the beach or something like that because because I wasn't happy with my body and I wasn't happy about how the clothes I looked and I refused to buy clothes and so yes
0: you did go through a phase <laughs> of I go
1: through about like five years which where was
0: I difficult because.
1: I didn't fit into the clothes yep. I had, but then I didn't <laughs> want to buy clothes. I'd say I don't want to buy clothes until I fit into them.
0: If that's such a thing people experience. Such a tough one, isn't it? When you, that was, it was the same for me. And sorry, I'm not trying to take away from you, but when we had our daughter, and I didn't bounce back, I didn't fit into my old clothes, but I refused You're to buy new ones. Of them. And I kept the old ones, and so you just wear the same one outfit, yeah, and I'm <laughs> over I'm, and over. I generally like
1: I'm not too big into fashion or thing like that. Uh, But, yeah, I just found that I was never really comfortable in myself. I wasn't comfortable in my clothes. And that did start to impact my mood and start to impact my confidence. Mm -hmm. And I think so I went from – and it's a funny thing because also I used to say to you, you know, I used to say to you, I go, oh, I don't think I'm that big. And then – because I didn't feel big. But then I look at myself in a photo and I see a double chin. You know, I might see a bit of a man breast. I just go, is that me? Mm. and it's so funny that sort of disconnect because I'm a pretty confident person, so maybe that was it. But it did after when, – when I was feeling a bit less confident about myself, it did really impact the way – I I think it probably impacted the way I went ab- about things in life. So I, I went about things in life with less confidence. I, I know it impacted the way I, I treated you. So again, even though we've been in a really good place, especially the last few years, I probably – you know, I'd badge you for sex – and and then I'd go, oh, it's because, you know, I'm overweight. She doesn't want to have sex with me. But I think the truth was that I was putting out some really awful vibes and I was putting out low confidence and I wasn't putting in the effort. And so if you want to be intimate with a partner, you've got to make them safe and make them, you know, show them some actual love and compassion. And I just that wasn't – It's crazy and that I you know that a, now. Yeah, of course at the time you're, you're in thick and, you know, it's very hard to – introspection is very hard in the middle of it introspection Mm. sometimes comes a lot easier once you're once you're through it and you know it's funny because for years and years I was not dangerously overweight at all but I was starting to get unhealthy as I was getting older and again I could still run 6k I could still go for a 2k swim no you weren't unfit I wasn't unfit but I was I was starting to get I was overweight and I was I felt when I was sick I was getting sicker for longer and it was impacting me, and, I, and I'm not going to sit here going, "I want to get down to a six pack or anything like that." I'm not interested in that. I did want to get healthy, but it's something that you used to do maybe was used to try the the, the stick approach.
0: Uh, I look back at, oh god,
1: it's okay. Like. I feel I feel
0: I, no, it's not okay. I feel embarrassed when I think about it, but that's part of these honest conversations is is facing facing learnings from the past, like you said, when we look back and, and and we learn from them. I, because I was always, this is before we had our daughter, I was always this fit, healthy, same-sized person. I just thought it was easy. I really did. You and couldn't understand
1: why I couldn't just go and lose weight? I could
0: not understand it. And it, what I missed most of all was that I was not showing you acceptance and it, like, it breaks my heart when I think about it. I did not show you acceptance the way you'd shown it to me when we met and for so many years afterwards. And when you aren't accepting someone, how on earth can they take any of what you think is loving support that is that is related to this issue that you've clearly put out there? There's no acceptance there. I'm not accepting of you as you are. And I, in my head I wasn't being mean. Like I would try and say let's do this healthy eating together or let's go for a run together or I thought I was being like captain. Don't, don't, su-
1: don't you want to look better, Roger? Captain
0: supportive. <laughs> well, what happened was when you would say no, of course, because you felt judged by me because I was like hammering on it, you, you, would, you would push back and so then I would get annoyed And I would say, he doesn't care. Why doesn't he care about this stuff? And it was this misalignment and understanding of like the fact that it wasn't about that we weren't sharing the same values, which is what I thought it was. It was that I was not coming from a place of non-judgment or acceptance at all.
1: And like I can say, you know, I do value being healthy and being fit. Yes. But you know and you can always say well if you really valued it, it would have worked harder but you know it's very there's no there's no surprise that the last 6 to 9 months when i've lost quite a lot of weight i've gotten very health fit and healthy i'm eating better i'm exercising more i'm feeling better and myself was correlated to some development leaps with our little girl and life getting life's never easier it just gets a bit different mm. um, and you know us getting a bit more support that I then was able to go and, and do this stuff. And also it was it was me realising that, well, I am getting older, I'm heading towards 40, I need to – I want to get healthy so I can do things when I'm older that I that if I continue down this path I won't be able to do. But definitely pretty much at, at a higher level it was you were making me feel – really bad about myself and when you feel bad about yourself you're less likely to actually go and make the positive changes and then I know we sort of went past the media but it's like I feel I want to say something about Lizzo and Lizzo Cops it hard, especially from a lot of commentators who are very fit. You know, like the Andrew Tate. So Joe Rogan goes to town on a... and um, does uh, he? Yeah, and I'm a big fan of Rogan. Um, and look, this is the beauty. But not that part. Look, this is the beauty. We can actually take. We can look at something, say Joe Rogan or Jordan Peterson says, and go, "That's great." And then look at other things they say, and so yeah, that's not, not so great. They're, not I mean, they're
0: a person. Right? That's there the beauty of being of um, an yeah, adult. Sure. You get to understand that we all I have different agree. opinions
1: on different things, and you take what you need from it, and you dismiss what you don't, or you like take it on board and. Go, hey, that's that's not for me, but he says, well, you know, you know, Lizzo comes out with this body positive attitude, even though she's obese, and well, you know, she shouldn't be going out to young women or other people saying you should be happy with your body. But I think he's just missing the point: is that one hundred, you know, there is health issues with being overweight, but at the same time, if you make people feel crap about their bodies. it's so hard, so hard to make the change. And I know that personally. And so the more positive I feel about myself and my life and my direction and my body, the more empowered I will feel to make the change. And whether Lizzo wants to or is going to make a change as she gets older for her health, that's completely up to her. And I love the fact of how – I love it when she's out there in a – like. A tiny little G string and a bikini and just rocking out.
0: It's so I love good, it when she's. It? Just,
1: oh, I just think it's so cool. For me, that's a positive. That's about body positivity in the right way. She's mm-hmm. not saying that everyone, you know, please, you know, be have a body shape like me. She's just saying doesn't matter your shape or size. Be positive. And that will give you more control of who you are and what you want to do. And when you come to those decisions about where you want to go and how you want it how you want to be, um you will have more agency over yourself to do it. So that's it's just such something such no, this is such
0: at. an important point, and before i before I piggyback off that lizzo thing and 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 talk a bit about that, I just want to say I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry for the you way you I is. treated you <laughs> I do. I absolutely do.
1: You have apologised before.
0: I know, but it's really important, yeah, that behaviour. I look back now and like you said, there's not much point in wishing it was different because it's done. The most important thing I can do is learn from it and provide a safe space for you to talk about it without me being defensive and upset and thinking about myself. And I'm not at all in this space. I just feel, I feel sad that it happened to you. And I feel hopeful that I am making you safe enough that you can talk about it and teach me how I can do better.
1: Yeah. And since we are talking about relationships, that's like this is actually this is literally what we're talking about, how, how, how it can impact the relationship. Yeah. and how each other you can feel safe and how it can also impact whether you want to be intimate with your partner or not about how they you feel about your body, how you think they feel about your body and how they actually feel about your body.
0: Absolutely, that's that's one of the things that comes up. But can I just touch on Lizzo, sorry, before I jump on the intimacy thing because there's actually research about around... Um, intimacy and, and body image.
1: Hit me with some knowledge.
0: So j- just before I touch on that, sorry, I'm just going to go back to Lizzo because I just think what you said about Lizzo is going to hit differently for different people. Even this week talking to someone about this show, the first thing they raised with me, well, what if your partner is unhealthy? And <laughs> we're not exactly what you said. This isn't a show about whether your partner is unhealthy or not. This is a show about body image. This, this show is about body image and understanding what that does in relationships and from a personal perspective, right? Because the personal perspective also impacts the relationships. What do we know? What has the research told us? The research has told us that shame is not a motivator. You will not be motivated by shame unless – I mean, there is – let me get this. There are the anomalies,
1: There's the Goggins.
0: There's the Goggins of the world. Again, another person who take or leave like bits from him. He's an absolutely incredible human. He's a beast. He pushes himself to amazing limits and good on him. He has a tragically traumatic childhood. I don't know whether he would say tragically because we are what we are as a result of these things, but all due respect, whatever way he would phrase it. He acknowledges
1: it it was really traumatic. Well, he writes about about
0: it. He talks about the... Unbelievably horrific abuse injuries. I've read his book. I, I loved his book because I'm like you. I can take bits from different people and they feed the different bits of me. I am not all soft and cushy, I'm not all hard and difficult. I'm little bits of both. Parts of me are really hard and disciplined and I love that part of him and parts of me are really soft and empathic and he's not going to be the person I'm going to read when I want to build that side of me. But I digress. He is the person who can probably source motivation from shame. He's an anomaly. That's not normal. Most people do not source motivation from shame. So, if
1: your partner has the chin up record,
0: (laughs) yeah, maybe they will. He has the that's right, the international (laughs) record for the most chin ups. You know, okay, he's digging from somewhere different to the rest of us. Yeah, (laughs) Navy Seal, Army, something like he's the anyway. He's
1: the exception. He's an exception,
0: not exactly. Thank you. I just wanted to say that because I think. People are going to be going, well, exactly what you said. Lizzo's unhealthy. She's promoting – she's not. She's so super healthy. She's promoting the fact that to start making change, if that's what you want to do, to start anything, just to live well mentally, that's what this comes back to, to live well mentally, you cannot be hating yourself. You cannot be judging yourself. To live well mentally – you have to come from a place of acceptance and love first.
1: You cannot make your partner healthier, but you can support them with their body image, which might in the future give them more agency Perfect. and control yes. to, to go out and be a healthier person.
0: Yes. This is the big learning between you and me because I thought I could make you healthier. I couldn't.
1: And I did need to be healthier. Like I I freely admit I I drank what I want, I ate what I want, I didn't exercise enough, I didn't take great care of my body and and it was showing as
0: I was getting older. Yep. Yep. You said it. I'll just leave those as your words. But I thought I could impact you to be healthier. That was my my goal. My goal was not to show you acceptance, non-judgment and love, unconditional love, which would have significantly improved your mental health and your relationship with yourself and from that standpoint then if you want to make change it's going to be a whole lot easier and I'm not saying you have to or you should what I'm saying is if you provide the tools for non-judgment for love all of those things then if there is a health need for change to be made it's going to be far more likely for that person because you were never ever going to make changes because of what I said that's what i didn't understand you were only ever going to make changes when you wanted to it had
1: to come from within yeah and to get to a place where you know and again i'm taking accountability where it had to come from within myself to want to make a change but it provided a very safe and supportive foundation when you were really like you know bub i understand you know it's how hard it is because it's straight because you were having your own issues with body image again Mm -hmm. after your pregnancy and you know when we were coming back from Japan and renovating our house and doing all that stuff you were I guess you had a bit more empathy to what I'd gone through and then all of a sudden you were like hey like we're in this together I get it um I'm not going to judge you I love you no matter what and then I thought well yeah actually I feel that makes me feel pretty amazing and you know, I think how I was thinking about how ways that we can, I can benefit the team is that, you know, I need to be around for a long time. Our, our daughter might need to support for the rest of her life and I got to make sure I'm around as long as possible. We're to make sure I can give her piggyback rides in the shopping centre when she's 12. <laughs> 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 you know, and that's something you know, that, that, uh, that means, uh, means a lot to me. And then, you know, most recently is that we have a, we've we've prioritised a key value of ours, which is being healthy. So being we well. C- being well and being yeah. – um, yeah, being well and, and and for our own health, and that comes in all different shapes of, of forms, mentally healthy, physically healthy. Yeah. And so we can be there for our daughter in the future, but also so while we're trying to get a fledgling business off the ground, that we're able to put our best foot forward with that, with the time constraints we always have on ourselves.
0: So. Jumping back, sorry, to what you were saying about the intimacy, 100% the research suggests that levels of sexual satisfaction and likelihood to engage in sexual activity, so how satisfied you are and how much you want to have sex, is linked to your body image. So the more uh, negative your body image is, the less likely uh, you are to want to have sex and the less satisfied you will be with sex this is what research is saying and it, I mean it makes a lot of sense high level from a I think about you know our younger years when I felt so safe with you and I mean you're young you're going to explore more then but not to get what too are you saying
1: Kim that we had a lot of sex when we were young <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wouldn't have said it out loud but it, you I was very comfortable in that space and after we had our little girl and my body had changed I definitely wasn't as comfortable in that space which was a new thing for me
1: if I had a sex graph and I plotted you (laughs) and I plot the graph and I plotted you and I on (laughs) that graph there'd be a correlation between a strict correlation between how we felt about our bodies and the number of times that we were intimate with each other Uh, it's clear cut and so if you're Mm. a guy or a girl and you're sitting there wondering you know perhaps why you're not Have making love um, or being intimate as often you know I think it's important you maybe have a look at yourself and wondering well how how am I what am I doing to support my partner with how they feel about their body Um, how do I feel about my body and how am I bringing that into the relationship and then maybe you know maybe that's where you can go and start having a chat about them not about sex hey we're we're not having sex can we talk about bodies but literally talking about your bodies and getting to the root cause of it yeah again a a dangerous topic but
0: well the the other thing was the research shows the converse of that as well that when body image increases that uh, sexual connectedness does as well so
1: graph goes up (laughs) graph goes up
0: (laughs) yes everything goes up uh so yeah uh, that's a really important part so I guess you know just sort of bringing that back to what we're seeing you know we've talked about a lot of things today but what we're seeing in this space when we experience negative body image in a relationship personally uh or personally as a result of a partner's engagement with us the impacts on the individual and the relationship are severe the impacts mental health. I haven't even touched on that. Sorry, I should have talked more. I do I think I touched on it, but the research all shows higher prevalence of anxiety and depression in people with negative body image. So it impacts mental health, which we know lower mental health, lower connectedness in relationships. It's very hard to connect with others when we're not feeling good in ourselves. Uh, it impacts sexual connectedness, intimacy in the relationship. It obviously erodes trust between the partners Uh, all of these are really serious issues and as I've said from the beginning incredible opportunities if this is happening for you in your relationship to improve your relationship to have a higher quality of connection with your partner to grow your intimacy in the relationship and obviously they're all self-fulfilling prophecies the more you do that the better the relationship the better the relationship the more you'll do those things
1: I love how you flip this on its head where we've got these body issues out there, this can be a real problem in relationships. It's like, hey, well, where there's a problem, I think maybe that's something we can think differently and go, there's a way to, I guess, work with your partner to maybe not solve, but work through that problem together, a way to bond, uh, a way to start feeling safe. Well, well, if my partner wants to talk about his or her body issues and be vulnerable, then maybe I'm okay to start talking about it with him, which makes me feel that I'm actually safe to to say I have body issues. So we're not saying don't have body issues. We're saying...
0: Great point. We're, we're saying,
1: like, be open and honest with each other and create a space to talk about it. Yes. And I think, guys, if you can be vulnerable enough, you know, to talk about your body image issues, and again, there's a good chance that you're partner your wife or or you know say female just because from my perspective um has had body issues in the past or has them now that that'll just create a a space that that vulnerability where she'll feel safe enough to maybe open up to you and then she'll start to go hey this is this is something really special that i'm able to talk to him about this i can unpack it a little bit with him and you know that's something we can connect a way we can connect
0: well when we're vulnerable with someone And they hold that vulnerability with acceptance, love, compassion. It reaches a next level in the connection. Because some people never get that in their life with anyone. Mm. It's the greatest thing on earth to feel like you are unconditionally loved. I mean, I said that the impact it had on me was life-changing. So... When you hold that space as a partner, male or female, for your other partner, when you hold that space to have those vulnerable conversations from a place of acceptance and non-judgment, remembering what we've spoken about today, that there is no one except maybe David Goggins who is motivated by shame, when you hold that space from acceptance and non-judgment and love and kindness for your partner, understanding how, deeply important these issues are how vulnerable they make us you can have a massive impact on your relationship and i guess to your point roger that's what we believe in at living the team life we believe that everything it's not about focusing staying focused and entrenched in the problem we're not problem focused people we are forward focused people how do we take what's happening and find a path forward for a better relationship, for the best relationship we can have. And that's what we've tried to do today is offer ways, offer an understanding. First, we have to understand what's happening, but then offer a path forward. See the opportunity and the potential here for a greater relationship, for the greatest relationship.
1: Yeah, I think if you can if you can have a bit of self-compassion, if you can... can i jump on
0: that one sorry just quickly because i i I mean we'll start to wrap this up i guess and and give people a few clues we've done that throughout the show about ways they can build positive body image individually and in within the relationship and a a really great starting place is self-compassion and i'm a huge proponent of this uh i talk about it quite a lot dr neff from america is um an excellent resource if um, if people are looking for, Kristen Neff, sorry, if people are looking for resources on this. And self-compassion is basically about learning how to give yourself the same love and care as you would with someone you really cared for, rather than all those. I mean, we know so much of the stuff that we're dealing with is is our own thoughts and, and beliefs in our mind. Uh, and if we start practising more self-compassion, and that's been a huge thing for me, it's one of the reasons I want to jump on it, because... I'm practising a lot of self-compassion around my body these days. Uh, I've had a really good sort of 18, 24 months since we really got focused on my well-being rather than how I looked um, and being healthy and then just practising in myself, saying to myself when I see something come up that's like a really harsh judgement or a really negative thought, I say I love you, it's okay and I don't judge myself for having that thought either. I give myself a lot of love you know a lot of kindness softness compassion for having the thought even because I don't want to layer my awareness of the thought with some with some judgment so self-compassion the other part of self-compassion that's so powerful is that when we practice the self-compassion we're rewiring the brain not to show judgment first and when we do that we also offer that in relationships with others so the more self-compassion you give to you Obviously, yourself. it's self-compassion. The more compassion <laughs> you give to yourself, the more you're training your brain, which is really the key to life, training your brain to be compassionate first and non-judgmental, which is really going to help in your relationship, especially around body image because, as we've explained throughout the show, that's super powerful.
1: Yeah, we talked about um, non-judgment in the Harry and Megan episode. Mm. And, and, you know, and self self compassion's the same thing where it's about – Giving yourself a break but not letting yourself off the hook, I like to to say it, is that, you know, yes, strive to to be better, strive for growth, but life's tough. Being too hard on yourself is not going to get you anywhere unless you're a goggins. So give yourself a bit of a break. Be kind to yourself and if you can do that, that's when you can start believing in yourself Mm. and it's when you believe in yourself you then believe that you've got capability to do things to make changes Mm. changes are hard and again we always say the more you can do that the more that you can have give yourself a break have self-compassion then you'll start to believe then you'll see you've got the capability to do something then you'll be willing to make the change or do do more Um, and again we're not saying you should if you've got body images, you should change. We're just saying give yourself a break. And then if there are things that you do want to change about them, you'll be in a better place to understand, well, do I really do I really want to change or what what's behind all this? What's the root cause of how I'm feeling?
0: Hmm. That's so like two massive parts, aren't they? That we, we get the individual benefit and the opportunity to do to to grow from self-compassion individually. And we also get the couple benefit where we're training our brain to engage our partner in a more compassionate way which is really powerful in the in building the connection and trust in the relationship Um, which you know jumping to the next part I guess of um, how else you can grow your um, body positive I'm not going to get into the semantics of whether you want to call it positivity or not I know that there are issues with that word I, I don't particularly love it but it's it's a word that's used a lot out there, so that's why I'm. calling and it. And sometimes, positivity. if we can
1: get, re- if we try to get too much of the detail and, and and we're mucking around the semantics, we lose we lose sort of like the message or what we're really trying to achieve behind it. Yeah, and
0: a lot of the really Im- incredible big players out there who are in the body image movement use that word. So I'm I'm just going to use yeah. that word for now. Apologise. Look if at it the intent. Right, with someone. It's, yeah. So uh, another thing, if we want to be looking at positive body image or building body image um, esteem um, is to obviously what you've said, Rog, talk openly without judgment. So not only talk openly without judgment for your partner but also don't judge others. If you judge others in front of your partner, you're sending a message to them that that's where you see worthwhileness, that's where you see value in a human And it does not show acceptance. It does not show non-judgment. And so we have to be really mindful of the comments we make about others and ourselves in front of our partner.
1: Oh, yeah. By others, you don't just mean like, you know, um, Sue and John next door. You can actually be talking about uh, uh, someone on a movie you're watching together, someone in a magazine watching some sport, um, or you're just driving down the street and you see someone and you make a comment on them. What it's doing is it's building up a history. It's building up a library of uh, judgment. Yep. And your and how how if you do it often enough, how can the other person not go? Well, if that's how they see other people, yes. they see me the most. Or, um, how
0: safe ha- am I? How
1: safe am I? Because mm. they're mo- most likely thinking the same thing about me, and especially if they've already got a tendency to. Feel negatively about their body, yes. they're gonna they're gonna grasp at things which even they might not be there. You're showing that they could be.
0: Yes, hundred percent. So that has been a massive conversation, Rog.
1: It's it's been a big one, and look, if we haven't covered off everything, it's not it wasn't our intention. Um, this is, I think, this was ended up being a two podcast series. If we have. Upset anyone by the way we we're talking about it, please again understand our intent. Our intent was to talk about things that probably don't often enough get talked about, especially not by a husband and wife couple or uh, any couple, um, because they are, it is hard. And we're hoping that maybe if you took anything from it, is that their conversation is possible.
0: Conversation is possible, absolutely, and the potential. When you have that conversation, when you offer that non-judgment and that acceptance and improve body image for individuals and across the partnership, the potential for the relationship is incredible. The research tells us, you know, if you go negative, you're going to impact the relationship negatively. If you go positive, the converse happens. You're going to impact the relationship positively. It's a very simple equation. So we hope that today by seeing us display our vulnerability and talk, very openly about our own past that we have empowered you to go go away and do that in your own relationship and to think about what's happening in your own relationship and to see the potential because we've experienced firsthand how impactful it can be
1: yeah be vulnerable be compassionate and that'll help you to be strong you're amazing you've just spent quality time on your relationship
0: feel like you're on a roll If you want more Living the Team Life relationship insights and conversations, head over to kimandroge.com where you can find all the show notes as well as tons of other relationship goodies.
1: And if you liked today's episode, please hit subscribe or let another couple know where they can find us. It'll make them happy and it'll make us really happy.
0: Until next time, keep on living the team life.